In chapter 31, David HaMalach says, How great is this abundant kindness, which you've hidden away, for those that fear you. Rashi and all the commentaries say that this is referring to the world to come. But David is saying that all the reward that we're waiting for, we're not necessarily going to see it in this world because we're waiting for it. It's hidden away for us in the world to come. When we get there, we're going to see it. But in this world, we're not going to know about it. And this is what he was saying, that Marav Tuvcha, he says, I can't imagine how great is the goodness. For those that fear you in this world and they believe in you, it's all hidden away. It's all waiting for us. Yes, in this world, we may not look like we're being rewarded and it may look like just the opposite. But in reality, David is telling us, just hold on, wait. It's all there. It's all hidden away. And the reason why we can't see it is because it's too big. We don't have the ability to see something which is so big like our portion in the world to come. In chapter 32, David Amalek writes that there are two praiseworthy people. The first one is Ashrei Nesui Pesha. Praiseworthy is the person that Hashem forgives his sins. But there's another one and that is Ashrei Adam. Lo Yachshav Hashem Lo Oven where Hashem doesn't even find any sins in the person. So that Rizal explained these verses amazing based on the words of the Gemara that says that there are two levels of repentance for sins. Number one is somebody who does it out of fear of the punishment. Such a person, his transgression is downgraded, it's lightened. Even though he did it intentionally, we'll look at it as if he did it unintentionally. Then there's somebody who does repentance out of love for Hashem. And then that sin gets wiped out completely as if the person never did it. And these are the two ashrays that David is talking about. Praiseworthy is the person who does it out of fear. He repents out of fear. Hashem will forgive him. But ashray adam layachshav Hashem lo avim. Praiseworthy is the person that does it out of love for Hashem. He repents because he understands that it's so wrong to do it out of love for Hashem. And then lo yachshav Hashem lo avim. Hashem will totally delete the sin as if he never did it. In chapter 33, David HaMalach says, Bidvar Hashem Shamayim Na'asu. With the word of Hashem, the heavens are created. And this is like we know that the world was created with ten utterances. When Hashem said, let there be light, that word created light. When Hashem said there should be heaven and earth, that word created heaven and earth. And this is what it means, Bidvar Hashem, with the word of Hashem, Shamayim Na'asu, the heavens and everything else was created. Says the Zohar HaKadosh that we too could create with our words. And that is when we speak words of Torah, when we study the Torah and we speak the words with our mouth, we become partners with HaKadosh Baruch in creation. Just like Hashem created the world with His utterances, so to speak. When we speak Torah, that upholds the world. And when we do that with our mouths, we merit to become partners with HaKadosh Baruch in the creation of the world. In chapter 34 it says, Sa'aku Hashem Shomea. We cry out to HaKadosh Baruch and Hashem listens to us. How does this work that we cry out and He listens? Says Reb of Loblin, keep on reading, and it says, Karov Hashem, Hashem is close to people that have a broken heart. And he explains that when do we cry out? When something t- touches us really deep. When we feel pain really deep in our hearts, then we automatically cry out in pain. And he says, when we feel that what we need and what we're asking for, more elevation, closeness to Hashem, more godliness in our lives, when that touches us deep in our hearts, then we reach the level of tza'aka, where we cry out, and then Hashem is automatically close to us. Because karov Hashem, the nishbarilev, Hashem is so close to the person that has a broken heart. In chapter 35, David HaMalach writes, a pasuk, kol All my bones will say, Hashem michamocho, Hashem God, who is like you? What does this mean that our bones talk and say words of praise to Hashem? 
So the Zohar HaKadosh reveals, says the Holy Zohar, when we do a mitzvah, that mitzvah becomes imprinted on our bones. It becomes part of the essence of who we are. Our bones have on them, written and engraved in them, every mitzvah that we've done in our lives. And when we finish our life, we get up there, and the bones themselves start talking and saying, Hashem b'chomolcho, because in every one of our bones is going to be imprinted all the mitzvahs that we've done throughout our life. In chapter 36, we say a Pasuk that we say many times, Hashem is mancha, Adam Hashem. Hashem should save man and animal. Now the Gemara comments that this is not referring to a man and an animal, rather it's referring to one human being that sometimes acts like a man and sometimes has attributes of an animal, and it's all in a good way. And the Gemara explains that we have so much wisdom as a human being, so much intellect, and nevertheless we're able to put it aside sometimes and follow Hashem's will just like an animal will follow its master what it tells it to do without any understanding. And the, and the reason is because sometimes our wisdom could work against us. Sometimes we have intellect that will tell us, don't do this mitzvah, maybe do differently, maybe it doesn't make sense to do this. We put it all aside and we say, just like the animal trusts its master, that he knows what he's doing and it's taking him to a good place. We're going to follow what Hashem tells us to do without understanding. It doesn't matter. He said to do it, I'm going to put my intellect aside and follow Hashem's will. In chapter 37, David writes an amazing passage. But old ma'at, a little bit longer, but ain't Russia, there's no wicked people anymore. This bonanta al makoma, you're going to think about the place of this wicked person. But ain't and he's not going to be there anymore. What does this mean? So Rabbi Nachman of Breslau says the most incredible thing. He says even the most wicked person, the biggest Russia in the world, has a spark, a point, in a kudatoiva, a point of goodness, where over there he's not wicked. He's only good in that point. And he says if we would only just focus on that piece of good and do more of it and do more of it, eventually we would become a changed person. And this is what David is writing. But old ma'at, if you just look at the ma'at of yourself, find that small point of goodness that we all do that ain't Russia. Over there you're not wicked. Over there you're good. And if you keep on building on that point, you're going to turn around to yourself in a year's time and you'll see that we became an unbelievable person. We totally change. If we focus on our good and build it, we'll become better and change people. In chapter 38, David Amalek is describing the scene how his enemies keep on coming to him and fighting with him and provoking him. And he says, I become like a deaf mute person. I make as if I can't hear them. I make as if I can't talk. I rely on Hashem to take care of it. Rav Shamshan of Hirsch explains that the reason why David didn't respond to them was very simple. Because if he responded to them, he was worried he would become provoked and he may say something that he will regret. And he may say something that will truly give his enemies reason to start up with him. And he says the smartest thing to do is just make yourself like a deaf mute person. I didn't hear you. I don't know how to talk. Hashem will take care of it. If we're worried about how our enemies are going to be taken care of, Turn your eyes up to Hashem. He will take care of them. It's much better for us to be quiet because the more we talk, the more chances we're going to get ourselves into more trouble than we were in before. In chapter 39, David HaMalach says, Shema Tefilasi Hashem. Hashem, please listen to my prayer. V'shavasi ha'azina. Listen to my outcry. El demasi al-techarash. Don't close your ears to my tears. The Zohar HaKadosh reveals that this is referring to three different types and levels of teshuva, of repentance. And the Zohar explains that we could do teshuva through prayer, that's number one. We could do teshuva through crying out, an outcry, that's number two. And there's a third type of teshuva which is called crying, 
where the person breaks down in tears from pain over the Averis that they've done over their life. And the Zohar HaKadosh writes that out of all these three, prayer, crying out, crying, the one which is the most powerful is Teshuvah through tears. The Shari is Lon and Alu, the gates of tears are never closed. And when we cry out of pain, our Tefillah our Teshuvah will always be heard and accepted. In chapter 40, David HaMalach writes an amazing Pasuk, Atah you Hashem my God, all your wonders, all your thoughts are Eilenut for us. Everything you've done is for us. Rashi explains that all the miracles he did throughout the generations and everything he continues to do right now, why did he do them? He did them for us. We're his children, his Jewish nation. Everything he does in the world is all to enable the Jewish people to have the perfect setting to be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu correctly. All your wonders, all your thoughts, who are they directed at? To us, they're all done for us.